Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thank you for finding us on your favorite podcast app or on Dash Radio, where you can always find us Monday through Friday. We're still going to go through the offseason, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. That's the Nothing But Net channel. So download the Dash Radio app, search for Nothing But Net, and you will find us. Also, check out FiveReasonSports.com, F-I-V-E, ReasonSports.com. Just because the season is over doesn't mean that Brady Hawk is done. So he actually posted two new pieces up there today, including how the Jimmy Butler-Paul George argument has been settled. That may be a topic for a future podcast, but make sure you check uh, that one out. Also, Royal Shepherd uh, with a new piece on there. He's uh, he's joined us recently. He's been on some of the post-game streams. Uh, Royal wrote about how Heat fans just want their respect. So check that out on 5ReasonSports.com, as well as all the latest Dolphins inner Miami. Uh, we got the Hurricanes on there, too. They're playing Pitt this week, the Marlins, and much, much more. Also, check out the great sponsors of the 5 Reasons Sports Network, including prize picks. Again, just because the NBA season is over doesn't mean you can't go to prizepicks.com. If you're tired of losing in fantasy sports, times are changing. Now it's just you versus the numbers. Prize picks is the perfect place for you, whether the injury bug has ruined your season-long fantasy football team or you're a season vet in the daily fantasy space. On prize picks, you simply select two, three, or four players predictive they'll go over or under their fantasy projection so for instance if you thought tonight that ryan Tannehill would have a big night and it seems that he is although he's kind of riding the coattails of derrick henry henry then you would have gone over on ryan Tannehill. so again if you pick a couple of players um, you can win real money so prize picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four predictions correct entries are so simple they can be made in less than 60 seconds sign up today at prizepicks.com or on the prize picks app and use the code 5 f-i-v-e to get a hundred percent match on your first deposit up to a hundred bucks that's right hundred percent match up to a hundred bucks on your first deposit prize picks truly is daily fantasy simplified and now Today's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here is today's floor plan. We are going through the offseason. So just because the Miami Heat are done, they would have been playing game seven tonight, Alex. It sort of occurred to me oh, uh, before we before we did this Why'd episode. To me? I'm sorry. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We are going to be going through the offseason here. Obviously, everybody's interested in free agency. There's some talk that free agency may start. On December 1st, the NBA season never really ends, as you know, and a lot of people, I think, are more interested in the transactions than the actual games. We're going to do separate episodes on a bunch of different Just players me. as we go forward. Um, the first one today, though, uh, is going to be Victor Oladipo. I know people want us to get to Giannis. That's going to be done in a separate, separate episode. But Victor Oladipo is in Miami right now. Um, I, I don't know who said it on Twitter, Alex. I've never seen someone who likes to tag his location as much as Victor Oladipo likes to tag it when he's in Miami. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like this has been one sort of, I don't know, three-month-long taunt of the Indiana Pacers about his interest in the Heat, whether it was him going up to Heat players constantly after games, seeming to spend more time with them than he actually spent with his Pacer teammates. Um, but what you and I are going to get into tonight is the fit all right so uh, a couple many, of different things hold on before you get into the basketball fit how many summers has it been now 
or Oladipo is all over Instagram or not necessarily his own, although his as well. But, uh, you know, he's tagged on other people's, whether it's uh, David Alexander, I, I believe is the name of the trainer and the mm-hmm. of DBC Fitness in Miami, which is where everybody trains in Miami as far as NBA players. Uh, he, he, you know, I think he has a, a home here, I believe. He obviously has ties to Wade. Like, and, and uh, the report that I believe was confirmed by, by Jay Michael, I don't remember who reported it right now about him, uh, you know, possibly being available and wanting to move on from Indiana this offseason. So he seems like, the guy to talk about we had jay michael michael falgos on our pod during the pacer series i'm gonna tweet that one out when we tweet this one out because i think that'll give people a lot of different perspective about 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 how victor feels um about his situation in indiana and clearly he doesn't feel particularly good about it now let's get through one more question one more question you've been around you've been in miami a long time you've been in south florida a long time is Victor Oladipo not behaving a lot like uh, somebody who moves over here from a cold weather area and just like wants to tell everybody, doesn't matter how long he's been here and how long he's had a home here, how, how much he loves Miami. Is he not like kind of, does he not give you some of those vibes as somebody who's been here way longer than me? I, I think the word is snowbird actually. Right. I mean, he's, he's acting oh, I like a know. snowbird. He, well, he's, he's acting like a snowbird. I expect him to show up at the early bird dinner. I mean, that's that's basically he, he's one of Victor Oladipo is now one of those drivers that we want to get off the roads uh, certain times of the year because there's too many damn people on them. Yeah, no, he, he has made it clear. Like, it's been pretty obvious that he loves Miami. I mean, he I had conversations with him when he was like in his first or second year in the league when he was in Orlando. I was up covering a heat magic game and just talking to him about this place. Like he loves this place. And, and I understand it. If you spend a lot of time in Indianapolis, it's okay for a week. Uh, You know, it's not as bad as Cleveland, but I don't know necessarily that a it's, you know, it doesn't have the most entertainment (laughs) value, but also, I also don't know, you know, Indy has kind of a reputation for not being sort of the warmest place um, for African-American or in victors for black players. Um, And so I is, it, it can be a challenging place to be. I mean, they had a lot of issues. I remember previous Pacer teams kind of with the community. Um, and Vic, I, you know, I think, and, and J. Michael touched on this with us, you know, I think Vic got off to a really strong start there. He outpaced expectations in terms of the Paul George trade. I don't think anybody viewed no pun intended. somebody who was an all-star at that point. Um, you know, he had not been an all-star in OKC. He had not been an all-star in Orlando. He, he didn't live up to being the second overall pick in the draft. He headlined in that trade that uh, Pritchard made with Presti came over with Sabonis. And the reality is Indiana won that trade. Actually. I mean, Paul George is, you know, whatever you think of playoff P and pandemic P and everything, Paul George was a legitimate top 15 player in the league and they got fair value, which is, is hard to do Alex. When, well, you know, when you're talking about trading the best player. I, I do see what you're saying. The Pacers obviously got great value out of the Paul George trade more than anybody could have seen coming when they initially made that trade. I believe everybody, you know, kind of was like, okay, that's it. That's that's all you're getting for Paul George. But now I'm thinking, okay, see won that trade, man, with all the stuff that they got from the Clippers for Paul George, I'm thinking, well, I mean, they are set. Like they can well, do you're, whatever uh, they want. That, that's, I mean, <laughs> it's not exactly <laughs> transitive property there. There was a year in between. I, I get what you're saying that they ended mm-hmm. up making out like bandits in that trade, even though for some reason, Lawrence Frank is executive of the year, even though he got hoodwinked in that trade. What I'm saying is, I don't know that they could get all those assets for, for all the people. No, <laughs> no, Oladipo no. They, no they, the way that OKC uh, had him playing when they were there. <laughs> oh, no, they can't, but also Oladipo and Sabonis were traded for a Baca, right? At one point, right? 
Yeah, and that's, the, that's the other thing I was going to say. I, I, I don't agree also that he wasn't worth the number two pick because I just think the Magic just did such a bad job. The trading for Ibaka thing was just like the perfect exclamation point uh, symbolically for just the way that they – they mangled Oladipo while he was there, where he obviously was talented. He had productive productive seasons. You know, he had the injury stuff every now and then. But at the end of the day, he never really had the proper talent or the proper system around him. It's another organization that's just kind of always, uh, you know, mediocre. And what talent did he have around him at that point? Like, he was always the guy trying to carry the load. And it's almost like Donovan Mitchell, except Mitchell was placed on a playoff team that had a, a defensive player of the year on there and a great coach and great system. Whereas Oladipo just got ended up getting sent to OKC to play an even worse role for him, and it's like, oh, uh, I think he's just realizing his potential. And and based on what we saw in, in the series, he's obviously not 100, percent but I think he's kind of ahead of schedule. Like I think he looks a lot better than Hayward did at, at this point in his recovery. Well, you mentioned Orlando. You know how many good players have gone through there who've been better somewhere else, right? I mean, yeah, it, like it, I look it, at Orlando, like Eastern Conference Phoenix. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Tobias Harris got better when he left. He's not worth the contract that he's gotten in Philadelphia, but he got better when he got out to the Clippers. Uh, you know, Oladipo obviously got better. It took two stops. I, I think who were his you know, coaches in Orlando? Was it uh, what's the ball dude's name? Who used to be the coach of the Bucks? Played for the Magic, the point guard. Uh, Skiles. Yes, Scott Skiles. <laughs> How long was Skiles there? Records? I don't even. I don't even remember. I don't know. I, I just think of JJ Redick and Tobias Harris in those Magic years. You know, when they traded for Vucevic originally. I think it was Scott Skiles. Jacques Vaughn was probably coached there at some point. Yes. I think Jacques Vaughn's been coached everywhere. Jacques <laughs> Vaughn was just coach in Brooklyn for a minute, and he's pretty much the coach in Brooklyn still, although they bigger gave staff, it was bigger staff a coach. So anyway, all right, let's get back to the pod because we're, we're way <laughs> I don't know where the hell we've gone here the first six minutes. Uh, Oladipo, you mentioned that you think he's getting before we get into how the Heat can get him. You mentioned that you think he's close to where he was. Is that what well, you saw in that series? Because I, no, that's not no. what I saw in that series. No, I think he's closer than I would have expected. I think he, he, the way that he looked in the bubble compared to the way that he looked before the season suspended, I think was a positive. He put together more games of actually being able to get by his man. And I'm not even talking about him, you know, comparing to when he was that, that 2018 year when he was fully healthy. I mean, what, they're at, what, what he did that year was insane, right? And again, you've said it many times. We shouldn't give him too much credit because he had he went, he went got to that level for one season, right? And, and we do got to contextualize it because he's had the injury stuff. But the thing with Oladipo is he doesn't have to be in that role if you trade for him. If, if you're talking about the Heat trading for him, he would not be in that role. And obviously, they would look to, um, to him as a scorer plenty of times, but not in the way that he was, he was doing it in the Pacers, particularly that 2018 year where he was pretty much setting up all the offense. And, and again, that's not really the role that he had in OKC at all. He was a role player. It was the role that he had in the Magic. I just think it was a, it was a matter of time. Like, it, it, he, they gave him the proper amount of years for a player to get into his prime, and, and there he was. Now the injury stuff has taken him off track a little bit. But I just think, you know, he put up – you go back and look at the, the production that he put up versus the Heat. They obviously got swept, and we know he's not healthy. But he put up better production than he did before the season, and I just think, like – there was plenty, like you, uh, I saw a video the other day, somebody put together a highlight of just that series. And it's like, okay, he has plenty of clips of showcasing like, okay, the athleticism is starting to come back a little bit. I just think like Hayward, he looked so, 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 so bad when he first came back with the Celtics. Like he was one of the first players in the league where you're just talking about his impact. And Oladipo isn't back to where he was. 
but he's definitely a, a much better player than, than, than Hayward was. And I'm just using him as a reference point, you know, similar uh, lower body injuries or whatever. But I just think like, if you're talking about Oladipo, you're talking about getting somebody at a, at a price when you're talking about trades that will be lower than any other star player. So I just think like, it makes a lot of sense because you, you wouldn't have to give up somebody that, uh, you know, they, we know they don't want to give up. All right. Well, let's get to that in a second. I, I didn't think that he was, I know you mentioned there were clips in that series where he looked good, but just in terms of impact, like I, I just didn't feel his impact on that series at all. I felt Brogdon's impact more than I felt his. I, I, and again, maybe he's in addition to his body, not being quite there yet, you know, his head wasn't there. That's what it felt like to me a lot during that series, because I remember when Vic came in and I remember watching him in his first summer league in Orlando. I mean, one of the things that stuck out about him was two-way player plays his ass off, plays the right way. And in that series, like it didn't look to me like the same guy in that capacity. Now I, I get what you're saying about him kind of getting his way back into health and that he's further along than Hayward was. Maybe he's further along than Paul George was when he first came back. But I, I oh, didn't that's see, true. That's the other I, one. I didn't see that guy in that series. Um, so I, I guess here's the question. Um, do we think, before we get into how the Heat could get him and how much sense, sense it makes, uh, do we think he's going to get back to that level? Because sometimes it does take two years. But we've done this pod before where we looked at Victor Oladipo's numbers versus, say, C.J. McCollum's numbers, right? And Vic has had one year that's been as good as five of C.J.'s seasons. I understand he's, he's a better defender than C.J. when he's right. Well, he's, but, a, much, he's a much better defender than C.J., period. And I just right, think but that's, is he that's gonna huge. Get, is he going to get back to that level of health? And in other words, well, saying he's better than Kendrick Nunn right now is one thing, but saying that he's a legitimate you know, borderline all-star again is another. Well, look, we can talk about uh, what you do or don't want to give up in a potential trade for Victor Oladipo. We might be getting ahead of ourselves. We're obviously in off-season mode now. Uh, but at, we, we know why the, the signs point to, to Victor Oladipo. We, we just discussed it. But the thing to me, I don't particularly agree with the, the way you frame it just because I think that he, he's somebody who potentially, obviously this isn't a guarantee, right? This is how we're all kind of optimistically talking about it. Uh, we know that this guy would come at a lower price point. You know, everybody's kind of hoping that you could get him in a deal. And again, I, I know we're going to talk about it, but everybody's talking about it as uh, the premise is Kendrick Nunn, maybe somebody like Kelly Olynyk to make the, you know, make the money work and uh, the number 20 pick. I, I've said you might have to throw in Casey Akpala, which I know he fans <laughs> will burn me at the stake for saying. But, uh, you know, I just think that's the type of trade that the, that people would like to see get done. And I don't think that type of package will get you any of these other big time stars that we've talked about. Not not a one. And again, even then, Oladipo would probably have to say, I only resign, I only resign with Miami or resign with a couple of these teams uh, for, for even that package to work. And I, I like I guess you could say that for other guys, too. Like if Beal said, oh, I only sign in Miami, then that package might work. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think it should be about whether Oladipo can be that number one guy again, because that's what he, he he wouldn't be that here. And you would mm. be trading for somebody to basically bet that he could be 80 percent of that guy. And not only that, you're not you're not trading for somebody who you're locked into. So he it's basically an evaluation. And if you're trading for somebody at a lower price point, you're still giving up stuff, right? Like to give up a first round pick and Kendrick Nunn, who made all rookie first team, even though he's an older rookie. And Kelly Olynyk, who's a rotation player, that's still stuff to give up. It's still obviously a risk. But again, it's kind of in their hands. And I trust their scouts. I trust their evaluation. Like If they were to trade for him, 
I would definitely feel good about it just because, okay, they feel good enough about his health and where he stands. Just Cause I know they wouldn't just do it, you know, without doing the proper work and, and uh, evaluation of his health. All right. We're going to get to all of that in a second, right after the break, because I, I want to touch on, I mean, you pretty much hit on what I think the trade package is. So we'll go through what some of the other options may be before we do. If you've had a car accident or slip and fall, if you're hurt as a result of someone else's negligence, make sure you give the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg a call. They're available 24 seven at one call legal.com. That's O N E call legal.com. Or you can call one 5,000 law, one 5,000 law with a centralized office located right off of I-95 in Miami. It's actually off 107th right off of 95. They're ready to take on your case, whether it's in South Florida or anywhere else in the state. So car accident, slip and fall one call legal.com. You mentioned what I think the most likely trade packages. So let me go through it again a little bit slower. Um, it would seem that the young piece that the Heat would want to give up would be Kendrick Nunn, who would essentially, I guess, replace potentially Victor Oladipo in a starting lineup or in a guard rotation. Uh, the second piece to make the money work might be somebody, as you mentioned, like Kelly Olynyk, who we're expecting to opt in to the last year of his deal, which is $12 million. And then, the, and then, and then the piece that they have additionally uh, is the number 20 overall pick. That's where the Heat are supposed to select. We don't expect the Heat to actually use really that pick good this that year. They, uh, remember when they almost that pick could have almost been like 24 or 25 or something like that? It's really helpful that it landed in 20. Yeah, it's a little bit better at 20. So um, let me go through it. So we've got Kendrick Nunn. We've got Kelly Olenek. We've got uh, to make up the money. We've got the 20th overall pick. And you mentioned what I think the kicker might be which is Indiana potentially asking for KZ Akpala and then, you know, potentially Miami saying, we're not going to give up KZ Akpala. Let's throw something else into the package and we'll give you a re-signed Derek Jones Jr. I, I think that could be a direction that this goes in. Let's just evaluate the first package. If it's none, Olenek, 20th overall pick, and they ask for KZ Akpala, you say what? As a, if I'm the Heat, I'm saying yeah. I mean, I, I honestly I can see it either way, right? Like I'm not all the way committed to it, but I'm I'm good with it. Like I I do see why they could just be like, okay, run it back with this team. It's a finals team. I, I understand it now. It's a lot easier to sell that when they actually make the finals and like the the success was was real. None of this was fluky whatsoever. But if you're talking about somebody trading for an all star who might make you even better, and you know now that the Nets are gonna be good. The Eastern Conference is going to be just as good next year. You can't guarantee a final spot. You want to take some pressure off Jimmy to be that type of uh, alpha scorer. I mean, Oladipo is a good guy. He's a great defender. He's an awesome defender, somebody who could help them with the point of attack. Like, I just think he, he, he fills a lot of holes. I don't think you need him to be the 1A guy. Like, I think we clearly saw they don't – I don't think that they need, like, somebody – obviously, you want that guy, right? They're going to go after Giannis. But if you're talking about for a one-year rental – I think Oladipo makes a lot of sense. As long as they evaluate his health, I think he, he just makes a ton of sense as an option. Like, I'm looking at his playoff numbers against the Heat, and anybody who watched that series, all of us were saying as it was happening, he's clearly not 100%. But you look at the numbers, and it's like, the dude was hitting his threes, by the way. And this was something that was talked about before the bubble, that he was he was he he had been working particularly on that. You hear that a lot with players. Uh, he was taking a high volume of threes when he did play. He took at least 10 threes in all three games that he played against the Heat. Maybe whether that's good or not for the Heat, you can argue that, right? But at the end of the day, 
uh, 36%, 30%, 45%. I would say that's pretty good. Uh, and it was about, I think, the 36% when you round out to those three games. He wasn't making the, the shots inside, though. And I think that's something that you could largely attribute to the injury. But again, with those clips, like, I, I don't want to take too much from those clips. But I do just see, okay, like, they, they were able to put together two minutes of stuff just from him getting by his man and looking like his former self. Like, I, I think, you know, you put together a body of work and all this information, it's like, I think that's worth trading those things for. And and I think it's very idealistic, too. Like, we're kind of talking about it like that's where it would end up. And I don't even know if the Pacers would be good with that. Like, we, we, we've we mentioned before, Pritchard is a really good GM. I don't know if he would settle for that. I think it would have to probably take Oladipo demanding to, to be traded to Miami or Miami as one of three teams or, you know, whatever the case is. Because it, it, I don't know if that package gets it done. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I think they're going to end up asking for Hero and Duncan Robinson first. And they're going to have to eventually move down to that package. And it's up to Pritchard, who's one of the best GMs in the league, to say yes to that. So all of this is still what ifs. But he is the most sensible one of these trade options to me. When, you just, when, you're, when you're contextualizing his age, all the holes that he fills, the, the price point, I think he's the one that, that, that checks off the most boxes and is the most realistic. I say no to Casey Akpala. I, I take him off the table. Um, to me, I don't make that trade. I, I don't, and I understand what you're saying about Pritchard, and I understand there are other teams that may get involved here, and I think we should talk about some of those other teams and what they may be because obviously that will push the package up in terms of how much you have to give up. But, but to me, even if you're in a little bit more of a rush to try to win a title because of how far you just got, and maybe it accelerated the timeline, I, I don't give up a player with Casey Akpala's potential um, I, you know, to say nothing of Kendrick Nunn, who still can be a productive player for the Heat. I don't think his upside is as high as Akpala's, but I don't give that up in addition to a 20th pick, which could be moved for potentially something else to just get Oladipo. I, I, to me, I don't do it. I don't do it. And and, and if it's Hero Robinson, I just laugh at, at Pritchard. I'm, I'm not doing it. I, it's, you don't well, need I'm just this saying, player that being from the Pacers side, like, would you be, how would you be looking at that trade package? I mean, if I'm looking at that trade package, it depends what else you're getting. But I think you hit on it. If It depends what, what Victor Oladipo does. If Victor Oladipo comes out and says, I'm not playing for Indiana next year. Okay, that's the first part. I think that's what the Heat are counting on. Obviously, his Instagram behavior is and the way he behaved in that series, I think, is, is leading in that direction. Okay? And to be and, fair, and, we, we've been saying that this whole podcast, obviously, to be fair to him, he obviously lives here. And, and whether he wants to stay in Indiana or not uh, – you know, he's, he's going to be down here regardless. He's going to be down here working out and, and staying here in the off season. But uh, not to attribute everything to wanting to be in Miami, just, you know, just to be fair to for his sake. Because I know, you know, I, I'm just so sure that he's listening right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, look, to be fair. I, 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 just, I just think that, again, to, to kind of restart my point here, the, the first part of this is that he has to indicate he wants out. Whether it's privately or publicly, he has to indicate he wants out. That's part one. Once that happens, then the question becomes, does he try to force his way to a particular place? Now, a lot of players have tried that, and it hasn't worked, okay? Because, you know, the team still has the ability to make a decision about where they want to send you. There have been players, I mean, Greg Popovich, if you go back to Kawhi Leonard, when, when they had Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio, he had, you know, Kawhi Leonard made it pretty clear he wanted to be in Los Angeles somewhere. 
Pop didn't want to do that. Pop wasn't going to make that trade. Pop decided he was going to wait for a trade he liked. He ended up liking the DeMar DeRozan trade because it kept him competitive for a period of time. We can argue whether that was the best decision or not, but he dictated the terms of that trade, not the player. But some players have been able to dictate it. Now, if Ola, now there are other teams I think that would be good options for Oladipo that he may be interested in. For instance, Brooklyn. like like a Lakers, for instance. Um, th- there are other teams. The maybe Brooklyn it's, Nets. Maybe it's Brooklyn. Maybe it's Toronto. I think there are other places that that may be attractive to him if, as he says, he wants to win. And so it may not just be get me to Miami or nowhere else. And even if he says get me to Miami or nowhere else, they don't necessarily have to accommodate him. So I understand what you're saying about how Pritchard holds some cards here. So it does depend what the other offers are, and you may get Pat to blink. But what I'm saying is I don't think that Pat should push all his chips on the table for this player, even if he's a good one-year fit who doesn't take you out of 2021. I haven't seen him back, and I like it as an option to a point. Like, I haven't seen him close enough to 100%. His attitude from everything I heard was not good this year. I know you say it's unfair to him to Instagram behavior. That's fine. But stuff I've heard from behind the scenes and also what Jay Michael told us, who's as plugged into that Pacer team as everyone else, is that Vic didn't really buy in. Now, would he buy in somewhere else? He has a reputation for being a good guy. I've had good interactions with him. I like the guy. But he apparently was not a great team guy in Indiana this year. So you have to – and again, people said that about Jimmy too. So I, I get it. You know, you, Everybody's going to say heat culture, get him into heat culture, and it'll be fine. And maybe that's the case. But Jimmy also came as a player that was healthy when he came to Miami. Uh, Vic's not 100% healthy. Well, I mean, either we did spend all year talking about his wrists and, and the other stuff. I know it's not the same degree, of course. but uh, And there was obviously the concerns with Jimmy about age. Like, I remember there was a decent segment of Heat Twitter, and nobody's saying this now, but, you know, was concerned about his age and, and signing him to a four-year deal when he's uh, past 30 or whatever. And Oladipo doesn't have those. And and I do agree, by the way, everything that you're saying, we, all the information points that, he, you know, he probably does one out of Indiana. I don't know how much longer he's willing to give him. I don't know if he wants to be in a different team uh, by the beginning of next season or not. But it does – a lot of the signs do point to Miami. So I'm not even disagreeing with that. I just think that it's almost like I hold him to a different standard than I do, than I do these other guys. He's obviously – if we're evaluating him versus all the other big names that, you know, you could potentially hope for with the heat, he's the worst one, but he's probably the most realistic one. The difference here is that I don't think that package that we're talking about for acquiring Oladipo gets you anybody else. Like I, that's where I think we're differing right now because I I don't really believe it is pushing all your cards to the table. Now you do need to have those guys. If you want to trade for, uh, I don't know, a Bradley B or Donovan Mitchell or somebody else who potentially becomes available But at the end of the day, those aren't the guys that are going to get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. It's going to be Tyler Hero. It's going to be Duncan Robinson. They're still going to have Iguodala if he doesn't go in the trade because we haven't mentioned him yet. They could just be like, yeah, I re- we'll, we'd rather take Iguodala than Oladipo. I mean, uh, than Olenek if, if the Pacers are still trying to make a playoff run or whatever. Uh, I, I think they still have the right amount of chips to get a deal done for another guy if they really, really wanted to do that. Like, I, I don't think Kendrick Nunn is that chip as, as good as he is and, uh, you know, as ahead of schedule as he is. I, I, like the number 20 pick, they can hit on it, right? But like at the end of the day, do you believe that this package will get a deal done for somebody else? Because I think that's really I mean, what we're depend- differing here it fundamentally. Depends, it depends what else. I mean, could it get a deal done for Kyle Lowry? I mean, I, I don't want to evaluate it's mm. player player for player, but I'm saying every player okay. that I, you I like what you're thinking though. Every player that you trade, every asset that you trade, every chip that you trade is a chip you can't use for something else, right? And that's the way that Riley views it. So he has a certain amount of chips, right? He has blue chips, so to speak, which is Tyler Hero, who I believe is a chip he's taking off the table. Duncan Robinson, who's a chip who's kind of halfway off the table. Kendrick Nunn, who is, uh, you know, he's not a blue chip anymore, but he's a player that you could push on the table. You've got the number 20 pick that he could push on the table. You've got Casey Akpala, who's kind of that little magic chip. You don't know what that's going to become that he could push on the table. He's got Derek Jones Jr. re-signed could push on the table. He's got Kelly Olynyk's contract, which could be valuable to the right team that needs cap space, particularly, um, you know, in 21 where, you know, most he's teams a legit are kind rotation of position. And I he's think he got proved himself and he's got Andre, right. And he's a useful player and he's got Andre Iguodala who could be useful to a contender and has a $15 million slot that could be useful to a team trying to clear space. So what did I just name six or seven, different chips, right? Okay. He's got all of those chips, which he has not had in previous years. He's not had a first round pick to play with in some years because of the Stepien rule. He's not had young players that he could move on who are productive rotation players. He's not had guys in the last year of their contract that were still valuable. Like, okay. Whiteside's contract was valuable, but you didn't know if anybody was going to take him as a player. Right. But Kelly Olenek could be valuable to the right team. He's a rotation player on a good team. Okay. So yeah, I would love him. That's right. So I, and Indiana would love him, of course. So they'd love Tyler Hero more, right? And they love Duncan Robinson. He's made for the place. But yeah, yeah I mean, Pritchard they, might just hold out hard for Hero. That's right. Well, exactly. He well, knows how much that would do for the franchise value. Yeah. Well, Tyler's personality might not fit, but yeah. It, well, but yeah. Indiana would sell out all the Tyler Hero jerseys. Oh, absolutely. Well, they're going to do, we're going to do that here anyway. But yeah, I mean, they have chips to play. True. So any chips that you're going to use that you use on one guy, you can't use on another guy. So, which ones do you use on Oladipo? What I'm saying is, to me, it's worth none Olenek, first-round pick, mm-hmm. and maybe as part of the package, DJJ gets involved there somewhere. I think if they're asking for Hero, no. If they're asking for Robinson, no. If they're asking for Akpala, again, I'm thinking long and hard about that because if, if they like him as much Same. as they I, – I believe they like him, I think that's a trade that you may come to regret in a couple of years or – 
Casey Akpala might be the piece with an off season of development. And I don't, you, I, you're not really having a summer league. I don't think this year, but with an off season, well, we know of they, development they, they keep that they may be able players. to use for something else. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah. Like I, I feel the same way as you, by the way, like I'm not trying to downplay KZ. Like I just think when you start prioritizing, you go through the list, like you just did, you prioritize your starting guys. Like those are just the, the things that you got to give up. Like you got to give up. We're talking about Victor Oladipo here and we know that he isn't on the same level as these other all-stars. He only put together that one A type of season one time. Yes, but the guy I think is 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 established now as an all-star caliber player. And I just think it would be a perfect fit here. And and yeah, like I agree with you on the package. Let's see if the the paces are into that or not. But Casey Akpala, the whole the whole NBA pass on him. Not that they were right to do it. Not that I'm mm-hmm. that I think he, you know, he sucks or anything like that. He 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 had injuries this year and then there was some serious ones, but the whole young guy thing, like the heat just had a, uh, they, they just got to the finals with three guys who had never played serious minutes in NBA before, you know, before this year, whether it was Duncan Robinson or their two rookies and, you know, Casey really could have sniffed the floor. A lot of that was injuries again, but Chris Silva was a part of the rotation. Myers Leonard was a part of the rotation. Uh, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, they, uh, what I'm basically trying to get at here is that if they were to, pull the trigger on a trade like that and let's say Casey Alpala is a part of the package I'm not I'm not trying to I know he better gonna really really hate me for this but it's just like I trust them I trust the heat and their evaluation it's like if Casey like if, if they're okay with trading him then so am I that's basically I trust them enough where it's like okay I they they clearly evaluated Oladipo's health and and how they feel he can fit on the team and and how he, uh, he feel he'll play in the one year and the risk reward versus trading all those things. And, and uh, even though he's technically going to be a one year rental, but if they take all those factors and still pull a trigger for, for Oladipo with Casey Akpala in there, I'm going to trust them. I'm going to trust how they feel about Akpala and how far along he is and, and how high they are on their, his potential. If, if, if we end up hearing that they, they're not willing to put him on the table, then I'm good with it because I'm just like, okay, they really, really, really believe in him. But it's like that you already made so many guys untouchable. Like, what? What do you? You can't get mad when they trade Kendrick Dunn and the number twenty pick and Akpala, and then some another rotation players. Like, that's that's how you get these guys, man. And and Riley isn't going to be fretting about Casey Akpala. The other guys will. But there's other voices there. And again, I, I trust the voices to come out with the proper decision there, based on the the team's evaluation of Akpala and Oladipo. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safe cubbies.com which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget you can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards magnetic panels acrylic sheets and graphic branding most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes now this is for workplaces they've got a bunch of different options on their professional series but also they've got private room solutions dividers and sneeze guards and they have a 
classroom series as well. So if you're involved with the school, this is definitely something your school should check out, of course, if we have school in the fall. And that's the point here. We were entering a new normal period with COVID-19. SafeCubbies.com, which is locally owned, is the place that you want to go. The phone number is 754-216-1071. Again, that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com. Well, no, that's a good point as far as, you know, the way that the Heat evaluate their players is something that we should trust. And there's also a good point to be made that typically in trades, uh, the team that gets the best player, the established player is the winner. And when the Heat have made those kind of trades in the past, when when you get the key guy, I think the one, you know, the one counter example is what just happened with the Clippers and the Thunder. Um, but I, in, in most cases, and, you know, again, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, that the Paul George, Oladipo, Sabonis thing, you can question that one too, because Paul George was the was the franchise player at the time. But typically, if you get the Shaq, you win. If you get... What if they uh, turned Kedrick Nunn and, and uh, Kedrick Nunn and Casey Akpala and the number 20 picks into like three cornerstones, just like they did with Oladipo and Sabonis? Well, right. I mean, but but if you... I don't know if that'll happen, but it, it would... It, that would be great. Typically, if you get the best player you win the trade. And so I, and that's the way that the heat think, but also, and again, if you, if you do it without giving up flexibility, which is the other part of this, then I think the heat would be okay with it unless they, they believe that Casey Akpala is going to be a star in the next three years, or they believe that Casey Akpala is going to develop enough that he, they can get somebody better than Oladipo with him as the featured player in a trade instead of as a in one in a collection of which, Kendrick Nunn is another. And, and so I, I'm with you about trusting them on this. I think they've earned that trust. Um, but I also think that they can call Pritchard's bluff to a certain degree here, unless there's another team that, you know, is going to come in and blow you away with an offer. And how many teams, here would be my question as we kind of close this thing. How many teams around the NBA do you think would view Oladipo as a final piece? Because if you're making a trade for Oladipo, you're kind of saying he's a final piece for this year, right? He's not, he's not taking you out of 2021, but how many players, um, how many teams around the league? If like, if you add an Oladipo to, uh, I don't know, Philadelphia, I don't even know what they could trade. Is that? No, they definitely have stuff that they could trade. I don't know if that would be the guy. For them, just because I think they got to focus on shooting for sure. And but I mean, Oladipo kind of makes sense for Philly. And I wasn't even thinking in that way, but they, they just need another ball handler, period. And he he fits into their defense, obviously. So I guess you could throw him in there. I was thinking, but that's a good it's good to kind of do it as a category, because when you do start to name the team, it's just teams that we kind of consider contenders. And obviously, Philly, like we said, on floor is yours. I mean, a, a team that gets up in the first round is not a contender. But, uh, you know, teams like that. Uh, it would be it would be teams that are already established and feel like they can add another piece, like you said. Like I mean, the Lakers just won a title. I don't know how they will put together the money and the proper assets to trade for him. But uh, you know, a, a team like the Lakers, we we already mentioned Brooklyn. We meant we mentioned Toronto. I think Toronto's a really interesting one. Now, honestly, both of them are because Brooklyn absolutely has assets to trade for him, and and mm-hmm. it would make sense, frankly, because uh, like Lever is, is a and Dinwiddie are both high usage guys. So if you kind of turn one or two of them into another high usage guy who you think has a, just a higher ceiling and is a better player overall than the both of those guys. Cause Oladipo and Levert, like Levert might be older than Oladipo, by the way, <laughs> like they're both around, they're both similar age. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. Toronto, we know about Masai Ujiri and how, and he operates. So uh, 
that, that makes sense. I'm just trying to think of other teams off the top of my but head. Brooklyn is the most interesting ones of the ones you mentioned. I, I think because Golden he, State? <laughs> he's a different type of guard. Dallas. Um, Dallas would make some sense. I mean, he would be an upgrade over Tim Hardaway Jr. Oof, for sure. Man, with the shooting that they have on that team. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just I'm just brainstorming. Not that there's been any connection. Well, but you, you mentioned Golden State. Um, I mean, wh- what would that even look like? Right. They have the first overall pick. They're not going to trade that. Uh, but they have. Well, you I think don't know. they You think they would? I mean, they have Wiggins to deal, too. I don't know if anybody wants that, but they, they have the first overall pick. I mean, I, they've, there's been some talk about moving Clay Wiggins, to the three. Wiggins would go with the pick. Right. I think that's a that's the the premise of a deal, and I don't know if Oladipo would be their guy. Like they they might be thinking the same thing. The, you know, hold your cards. That's a really that's a really nice pick that they got, right? So they might not do it, but you know, just kind of just brainstorming teams here. Uh, it's gonna end up coming down to or basically a handful, maybe less, for that are of teams that are really, really, really in the market for Oladipo. When you consider his interest in resigning, because he is a free agent in a year, mm-hmm. and teams that are that are you know properly evaluate him as a final piece for an established winning team already. And then you kind of got to account for the teams that are just going to want to add them, even if they aren't those teams, which we don't know who they are yet, but you know, it's, you know, <laughs> the Kings, who knows, right? The Kings are like, okay, we'll pair him up with the Aaron Fox. Uh, you know, if Vladi or, or, or I'm forgetting the, the owner's name, if they really just like yeah, Depot for whatever reason, like those teams always pop up. So I'm just saying, we don't really know how that'll play out, but if he limits it himself, he can kind of control the terms, even if it, if it doesn't always work out. And I'm really interested. I, I think, the KZ thing is interesting, too, because, I mean, like you talked about him, like if they know something about him being a star in three years, I would like to see him get on the floor and, <laughs> and be a part of the rotation where we talk about him as a star. Because I think, like, he fans, we're really talking about him like this primetime blue chip piece. And I just, the Heat, the heat drafted him for a reason. So I mm-hmm. do have... Well, they didn't just him. draft him. I, I just, they, they, they didn't just draft him. They traded three picks to get him. I mean, yes, 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 yes. You're they, right. they, they, there is they, they placed a very high grade on him. They would have taken that's true. him that's if they didn't a, take Hero. That's so, a great point for when you when you try to contextualize whether you're not whether or not you, you throw in a Casey Akpala to a potential trade for all the people. It's like, well, you already gave up so many assets, and now you're gonna kind of basically flip all those assets plus KZ for a one year rental. And, and and potentially he's not a one-year rental, right? Maybe they, you know, Giannis says no, you re-sign Oladipo and, and whatever. But it, it that is a really good point that I that I just didn't even take into account while we were talking through. That's they did give up <laughs> very limited second-round picks uh, to draft KZ Akpala. Well, they'll justify it if it, like if they threw him in with none, they'll justify it by saying, "Well, we gave up nothing for none, right?" So th- that's True. that's the way they would justify it. But I- I'm just using it in the context. I mean, they don't really worry about what they gave up for a guy. But I, I I'm just trying to make the point that they valued him to that degree that I think it's going to be hard for them to part with him again unless they're getting an absolute. Sure thing. And, you know, it's not just him. They're also giving up on Kendrick Nunn, who I believe, you know, even with his struggles in the bubble is a rotation player for them. And they're giving up, you know, Kelly Olynyk last year of his deal, not a terrible contract at $12 million um, and a player who was again, useful for them. Didn't use him as much as I expected them to in the playoffs, but they would be giving up all that for a guy who, as you mentioned, is either, is either a one-year rental, in which case you're saying, okay, we're trying to maximize Jimmy's prime here and take another run. And we're going to take another incremental step, put ourselves in closer position for Giannis. who we're going to talk about on another pod. Um, but we may lose him at the end of the year. And then you have to look at it and say, okay, if you lose him at the end of the year, I think it'll be up to them though. 
I don't right, know. Right, but I, well, it, it it could be, but it also could be that Vic doesn't feel he fits. Sometimes players are not fits. Sure. And and let's say it doesn't end up working out, and they get to the end of the season, Alex, and they're like, okay, we just gave up Akpala, um, who's gonna you know maybe a budding star somewhere else, uh, you know, in a couple of years for a guy who didn't end up sticking around. So I, they're look, they're gonna be smart about that. They're gonna get a sense of it, like they did with Dragic when he was traded here, like, okay, whether or not he's going to resign, obviously they know Vic likes being here. So the odds are in your favor, but I'm just saying that these are all factors that you've got to consider. And that's why to me, it's you wait for the guy to, you know, to make a push out of Indiana. That's first. Once that happens, and I do believe it's going to happen either privately or publicly, probably privately. Once that happens, does he have a list? Mm-hmm. Then do they care about the list, right? Does Pritchard care about the list? Is it, is it in his interest in your to experience, send it to somebody on the list? Sorry, in your experience, do agents – is it better for, for agents to put out a list of teams as opposed to one, like even if it's three or four, like like what happened with Goron? Is, mm-hmm. it, is, it, is it in favor of the players and the agents for them to do that as opposed to one? Sometimes. You know, just kind of like thinking through sometimes, it. Sometimes, sometimes. I mean, you know, I mean, there was so much talk about Jimmy's list, right? And, you know, I don't know if I don't even shot. remember who was on those, who was on well, the list. heat was not. I mean, that was the whole thing I, that I countered. I was the one that reported the, the, oh, the heat were yeah. on Jimmy's list because it was Shams, I think, and Woj who didn't have the heat on his list. And I was like, I know mm-hmm. they're, they're on his list. In fact, they're he, they're first on his list. And if you go back to the reports that day and I had people in the in like NBA fans coming at me, you don't know what the F you're talking about. Oh, I remember you know, that day. He's not. A, and I'm like, I he. And like the heat is on and they're like, you know, Houston's high on his list. I'm like, he doesn't want to play in Houston. He doesn't want, he, he doesn't associate. They started everything. They started everything. Well, and that's the thing. He, he had a list and they were not, you know, they were not, the heat weren't, were on his list, but they weren't on the list that the, you know, these, you know, the big time the you know, national reporters had. Uh, the Knicks were not on that list. No, the Nets, I think the Nets were on that list. The Nets, I, the Lakers, the Clippers, is that who it was? Uh, and Houston, I oh, believe. Oh, Houston, that's right. I, I believe, because I was reporting it with oh. Stefano Fusaro a lot, who's based in Houston, and, and Stefano and I were talking, and he's like, that's everybody's right. putting Houston on his list because he's from Houston, but he doesn't really, he doesn't love the area. He doesn't associate himself with Houston. He doesn't really want to be in Houston, but everybody kept running with it. I mean, does a list matter? <sighs> Again, it, it all depends it did on for Jimmy. As far as Miami, not necessarily well, Miami, list. but 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 Miami. Right. So it can it can. But but again, Kawhi had a list and Kawhi ended up going to Toronto, which was not on his list. But I can also tell you that one of the reasons that the Heat were scared off from Kawhi when he was when he was still in San Antonio was Miami was not on his list either. And there was some concern um, inside the Heat organization about Kawhi's sort of crew, okay, that that they had heard was much more difficult to deal with than LeBron's, and they weren't sure they really wanted to deal with it. It was tough to get in touch with the uncle, a whole bunch of issues there, and and they got a little bit they, – they still would have made a play for him, but they got a little scared off. So yeah, it, it can have tough, an impact. Because you remember it would have been and – and I know you've mentioned this so many times that Bam would have been a part of that trade if they were to somehow land Kawhi at that time. They, you know, they would have been Justice and Josh Richardson mm-hmm. too, I believe. So it would have been like, you know, trading for Kawhi to come. Oh, would have changed the whole course Goron of the franchise. And Whiteside basically, as opposed to playing on the Raptors, who were kind of just ready-made for that piece. Yeah, it would. It would have changed the whole course of the franchise. I mean, uh, Toronto wouldn't have a title for one thing with the Heat. I don't know. I mean, I don't think. I don't think Kawhi wins a title with 
what would have been left like the heat wreckage after trading for Kawhi. Like, I don't think that's a title team. There was more, there was more material in Toronto than there would have been in Miami if Kawhi was traded there. But to get back to your question, it can make a difference. But the, the thing that makes the most difference is not the list of teams you'll go to. It's the list of one of teams you don't want to play for anymore. Once, once that has to happen first. So, so once, once Vic but, states that publicly or privately, then we have a conversation. Isn't that the report already though? That, that he I mean, wants it to is move behind on the Indiana? scenes. It is, but he's, he hasn't really done what's necessary to confirm it in the way that Jimmy kind of I mean, confirmed it. I mean, I might have to play the sound in here because I saw a video on, I believe it was Instagram live. Victor Oladipo and I want to say Fat Joe. <laughs> they were on Instagram live together. And I don't have the exact quote on me. I might have to look that up right quick. But he was basically saying, I want to win championships. And I believe this was really recently. And he's just kind of talking like if Indiana is already in the past. You know what I'm saying? I got to look up the quote right now. But did, did you never did, you never saw that? I don't think I saw it. I heard about it on Twitter. I think that's really interesting. If, you know, we had that behind the scenes stuff getting confirmed by two reporters. And then you see that video... And then, you know, we already saw the other stuff about his ties with Miami and how he's spent so much time here in the offseason. Like, I, I think this, the, <laughs> it's kind of mounting. It's, it's, and we might just have another Jimmy and Goron situation where they're like, yeah, I want to go to Miami. Well, you don't think Vic's made that clear to Jimmy behind the scenes? Yeah, probably. But, but what if I, Jimmy's like, what if Jimmy's like, I, I you know, <laughs> there's other things in the works. Well, I, I, I I, I, I can tell you, too, that there is, you know, there was I don't know that Vic mm. um, endeared himself to the Heat organization with some of the antics during that series. I'll just that's what I heard. I, I don't think they were impressed with what he did. And that's why I, to circle back to the beginning of this pod, we talk about the moments he had in that series. The moments that stuck out more in that series were, you know, kind of not seem connected with his own teammates. And I, again, I get it that, you know, you get a guy in the right situation and things change, but what did we just talk about in the bubble, right? We talked about, you know, how connected the heat team was, right? How much that meant as they went round after round after round. And, you know, your move is going to be to trade for a guy who clearly disconnected from his own team in the bubble. They would have to explain it in the sense of we got him here. He's with the right program. We're going to get his health, right? We're going to get his head, right? And he's going to be, uh, and he's going to be impactful for us. But I, I don't think that he impressed anybody with kind of what went on in that series. That's I think that's that's really it's good information to throw in here into this conversation because it's obviously going to have an effect. And also an update while while you were speaking there, and I was paying attention because I'm a great multitasker. But I pulled up the Fat Joe quotes. I'm sorry, the Victor mm-hmm. Oladipo quotes with Fat Joe. Uh, they were talking there and basically he, he Fat Joe brought up the rumors about Indiana and him wanting to maybe move on from them. And, uh, you know, Fat Joe basically prompted us saying, you seen Shaq today had four trophies, four trophies, four chips in front of him. Everybody wants to do that. And Oladipo replies, everybody. And then Fat Joe describes how they clown Charles Barkley, despite being one of the greatest players to play. And Oladipo replies, Charles Barkley is one of the greatest ever. He doesn't have a ring, though. He doesn't have a ring. And then he continues. I don't know, man. That's where it gets tough. You know, it's like picking your poison. And that was basically in response to uh, making the choice to stay or go. So he didn't say anything as far as moving on. Uh, but he says, basically, he was just reiterating over and over again. He just wants his name to be mentioned among the greats. And basically, he needs the trophies to be able to do that. 
says, I want to show my kids when I have them how great of a player I was. In order to do that, you got to show them some hardware. That's what I'm locked in on doing. I want some hardware and I want a, a lot of hardware. And then he said, I knew that question was coming. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm a pacer, man. I'm a pacer, dog. I'm a pacer. So he's trying to know, convince it. He's trying to convince himself. That's stuff that, that you hear on, on when you know he 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 kind of he did a good job towing the line there, I would say. Well, I, I don't think that any player wants the reputation of being a malcontent who forces their way out. Most guys try to do it behind the scenes. Uh, clearly, he has already tried to do that. Like I said, we'll, we'll post the episode with J. Michael Falgos so you'll get a sense of that. But, uh, you know, the other thing is this. J. Michael told us very clearly, Oladipo wants to get paid also. He can talk about wanting to win a championship. He wants to be maxed. And that's, that's the other question. Uh, so we say, you know, you could lose him after a year. Do you want to max him after a year? Do you, do you, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's really important, by the way, when talking about this conversation, because like, from what I gather, and according to Brian Goins from Miami Heat Beat, by the way, uh, he, he helped me out with some of these questions. I don't think the Heat would be able to acquire Giannis, uh, you know, if they were to keep Oladipo past 2021. Like, I don't think you, you, you could trade, even if you get his bird rights in a trade that they could keep Victor Oladipo and go after Giannis. I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm not going to doubt Andy Ellisberg, never, right? Like over my dead body, they'll, they'll probably find a way to get off Iguodala and Olenek who, who are going to be tradable guys for sure and just find some way to make the numbers work uh, if that opportunity is really there. But it definitely matters, right? Because Oladipo is going to be a max, I mean, he's already on a big deal, but he's going to be on a max, max deal. And who knows if he's that guy anymore? I think that's when you kind of start talking about uh, what level he can get to. And again, I, that, that's where it comes to the heat scouting and evaluation. And if they were to pull the trigger, I think they think they believe he can be that guy. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it does affect the, the, the Giannis thing a little bit, but at the end of the day, like you look at it, I, I, ideally he's a one-year rental. And like I said earlier, if Giannis says, no, you, you just re-up on Oladipo. And, and like, like I said, like you, you think he would be untradeable if, if somebody else were to come up like a bit, like a big, big, big name. And this is looking way, 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 way too far, you know, too far in the future. But you're not, I don't think you'll be too locked in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think he would be untradeable because I think he would be a good player. He wouldn't be in that 1A role like he was in Indiana. And I know he wasn't that guy in the playoffs either, but I just think we didn't even really go into the basketball fit here. I think he would be a really good fit. Like, they need the point of attack stuff. And he's not just that, he's a great overall defender. I think he's going to get get back to being able to be effective going to the rim and, and, and scoring at the rim, getting foul calls. I think that'll come back with his athleticism. Uh, I think the shooting, he's made some strides in. You can feel good about it, the way that he's so confident taking high-volume threes and hitting a decent amount, especially because uh, when he was really good that one year, he was a real pull-up threat from three, and I think that he can really, really use that. He was a great clutch player. Like, uh, he's the worst option from all the big names. That's something that everybody can agree on, but I don't know how picky we can be when we're talking about the price point of getting him for Kendrick Nunn, who they got for nothing, and, uh, you know, the number 20 pick and, some, and, and these other – assets like that you know i just think it, that's why it's a really interesting conversation but yeah like we, we give that man a little bit of respect right <laughs> all right we're gonna do another one on Giannis uh coming up soon we got to the basketball here at the very end but we just want to give you a little feel of the old depot stuff check out uh onecalllegal.com also um as i mentioned prize picks go use f-i-v-e we'll be back with you tomorrow night Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. 
One, two, three, four, five. On the floor.